0: is the definition of privilege. A privilege is a special right granted or available only to a particular person or group. A special right granted or available only to a particular person or group. This morning I want to talk to you about one of the great privileges that we have As Christians, and when it comes to some of the uh, privileges that we experience in this life, sometimes you can say that they are earned by our attitudes, our behaviors, or our connections. But when it comes to this privilege, I want to talk to you about this morning the privilege of prayer I want you to understand that, that it's not earned, it's not deserved. This extraordinary privilege is a gift of God's grace. I want you to see this with me in Ephesians chapter 3. So turn there with me. Ephesians chapter 3 as we continue to work our way through this wonderful letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a group of Christians in the first century city of Ephesus. We've made it to Ephesians chapter 3. We looked last week... At verses 1 through 13. But before I move to the next section, there's a verse that I didn't have time to deal with last week that I think is so important that we need to slow down and look at this verse. And specifically, it's verse 12. But to remind you of the context, I want you to back up with me to Ephesians 3, verse 7. And when you found your place, I want to ask you this morning, if you're physically able, to please stand with me in honor of the reading. ...of God's Word. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7, Paul writes, Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace... ...which was given to me by the working of His power to me. Though I'm the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles... ...the unsearchable riches of Christ... And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now look in verse 12. This is the verse I want to focus in on this morning. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Let's pray together this morning. Father, I just... Make the same request that the disciples made of Jesus in Luke 11. Where I just ask you this morning, by your word, by your spirit, teach us to pray. We'll thank you and praise you for that grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. As Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have an extraordinary privilege, the privilege of prayer. And I want to show you three particular aspects of this privilege. And again, this privilege comes for those who are in Christ. In fact, verse 12 begins with the phrase, in whom. And it speaks there of Christ Jesus our Lord at the end of verse 11. So he wants us to understand What it means to be in Christ when it comes to the privilege of prayers. Let me give you these three thoughts this morning. Number one, in Christ we have an audience with God. In Christ we have an audience with God. And to have an audience with God simply means that we can come into His presence. Now look what it says there back in verse 12. He says, In whom Christ Jesus is our Lord, in whom we have boldness. Notice that word boldness. The the Greek word is uh, Parzion. It's derived from two Greek words that means all in telling. It it, it translates something as, or something like, to tell all. It it carries with it the idea of speaking freely before someone. So this word became used to speak of communicating with courage or boldness, especially in the presence of a person of high rank. So when he says here that in Christ we have boldness, he's saying that we can speak freely before God himself. As we come into the presence of the one who is the highest of rank... We can come with boldness, listen, that we won't be ignored. That's what that word boldness is all about. In Christ, when we come to God, He gives us an audience. We can come with boldness that we will be heard. Years ago when we were starting a, a new church in North Mississippi, I was new to the community and I was trying to get to know some Community leaders. So I called one specific community leader, and I talked to his receptionist, and I set up a time and a day, and I showed up on that on that day on time. I was a few minutes early, and I, I let the front desk know that I had made an appointment to meet with this this official. And then the lady asked me to be seated for a moment. So I was seated, and I sat, and I sat, and I sat, and I sat. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Finally, the, uh, the official kind of sticks his head out of the office, looks at me and says, Come on in. And I walked in and I sat down and he continually looked at his watch, acted very inconvenienced, gave me about two minutes of his time and ushered me out of the office. And I felt a little disrespected. Because I wanted to just meet him and, and you know, talk about the new church and ways we could be a, a blessing and encouragement in our community. And he would not give me the time of day. Isn't it good that as Christians we never have to worry about that related to God? We never have to wonder, is God going to give me the time of day? Is God going to give me an audience? Is God going to hear me as I pray? When, when I come into his presence, is God going to be too busy? to meet with me and minister to me and spend time with me and love me and help me and encourage me? The answer is no. God always welcomes us to come into his presence with boldness. We can speak freely in the presence of God. He'll never big time us. Aren't you glad? He could. He's God, the God of the universe, but he'll never big time us. He always has time for us. He invites us to come to his throne of grace to find mercy and help in times of need. So, to have an audience with God means that we can come into his presence. And and secondly, to have an audience with God means that we can talk to him. Just practically, we can actually talk to God. Because look what the next word is in this verse. It says, in whom, in Christ, we have boldness and Access. Boldness and access. This word access means the right or opportunity to address someone. Implying higher status of the person being addressed. So again, the idea here is that we can come into the presence of the God of the universe and know that when we talk to him... He will, as Psalm says, he will incline his ear to listen to what we have to say. Is that not an extraordinary thought? Is that not an astounding thought? That the God of the universe will listen to you and listen to me? We have access to God himself through Jesus Christ. That's what prayer is. Prayer is is time in the presence of God... Talking to God and being heard. Maybe you came here this morning and your attitude about God is something like this. You know, God is God. And He's busy running the universe. So I don't believe He really has time or concern about the stuff going on in my life. The things happening in my little corner of the world. He doesn't have time for all of that. And so I'm going to stay distant and, and not bother him with my stuff. And this verse helps us to understand that is not the case at all when it comes to our relationship with God. He is not too busy running the universe to listen to you. In fact, he is honored when you come to him and spend time with Him, and trust Him, and talk to Him, and worship Him, and pray to Him, He invites you to come. So in Christ we have boldness and access. And I want to give you just a a word of practical application. I want to be very practical in this sermon related to prayer. Number one, this is in your notes, remind yourself often... Of the immense privilege of prayer. Remind yourself often of the immense privilege of prayer. Now look back in verse 12. Look what Paul says here. In whom, in Christ, we, we have boldness and access. When Paul says we, he's saying, I have access to God. And you believers in Ephesus, you have access to God. We all have access to God. Paul is helping them to understand by using this word we. That prayer, the privilege of prayer is not just for apostles or prophets or pastors or deacons or missionaries or Jews or Gentiles. Prayer is for all of those who are in Christ. This boldness and access to God is a privilege that is yours by God's grace. I think One of the reasons that we struggle with our prayer lives is because we lose sight of the privilege that prayer is and we take it for granted. So remind yourself often what a privilege! I get to go before the God of the universe. And he'll not big-time me, and he'll not ignore me. He will welcome me into his presence and turn his ear to hear me. And then, after you've been reminded of the privilege, let your practice reflect the privilege. In other words, if you really believe that prayer is a privilege, an extraordinary privilege, your practice over time will come into greater conformity with what prayer is. You'll be motivated to pray. You'll be motivated to talk to Him because you are are aware of how extraordinary of a privilege it is. Or, Or let me say it like this. Take advantage of your access to God. Take advantage of your access to God. Listen to me. Because of Jesus, you can go into the presence of a holy, living God... Any time you want. And you can stay as long as you want. Amen? That's good news. Take advantage of your access to God. So in Christ we have an audience with God. Number two, in Christ we have acceptance by God. Acceptance by God. Look back in verse 12. In whom we have boldness... And access, and look at the next phrase, with confidence. With confidence. This word here is popoithesis in the Greek language. It means to believe in something or someone to the extent of placing reliance or trust in or on. It means to, to lean on, to have confidence in. And so what he's saying here is this. When you come into the presence of God, you can listen, you can be confident that you belong if you're a Christian. To have confidence means that you are secure in your relationship with God. Confidence in the presence of God is the opposite of insecurity. To have confidence before God means that you know who you are, you're redeemed, and you know whose you are. You are a child of the King. So when you come into God's presence, you can be confident, confident that God accepts you, that you belong to Him, that you belong there in His presence as His child. Years ago, when my oldest was A little guy, just kind of barely walking around. He's about to graduate, which is crazy, but he he was barely walking around. Cameron, I was walking through the house, and he was following me. You know, little guys like to follow their dads around. He was following me around the house, and I didn't know he was behind me. So I walked through a doorway, and I closed the door behind me and closed it in his face. And he began to wail. It hurt his feelings. I opened the door and the, the look of heartbreak on his face. Because I closed the door where he couldn't follow me anymore. I had no idea he was behind me. But listen to me. When you are a child of God, he will never close the door in your face. He wants you with him. He wants you in his presence. He wants you to talk to him. You belong to To Him, you are a child of the King. You are loved and accepted in Christ. But notice that our confidence is not in ourselves. Our confidence is not in ourselves. Look what he says back in verse 12. He says, in Christ we have boldness and access with confidence. Watch this, through our faith in Him, in Christ. In other words, our confidence is not based upon us our standing our righteousness our goodness our confidence is based upon Christ who has made us acceptable by forgiving us and giving us the gift of his perfect righteousness and so when i say we have confidence before god this ought not to increase in us some sort of some sort of righteousness or sense of pride in our lives Our confidence before God is all because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So this confidence before God should fill us with a great sense of humility. Listen, it was not possible through through our own effort to come into God's presence. We needed to be forgiven. And only through Christ can we be forgiven. But what an awesome thing to know, to have confidence that you're accepted by God. It's a praise song that says, I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted because you were condemned. We are accepted by God because Jesus took our condemnation when he went to the cross and died for our sins. But here's what it means to have acceptance before God. Here's what it means to have confidence before God. It means that you don't have to cower before God, you don't have to hang your head in shame. You don't have to worry about Him rejecting you if your attitude is poor or your words fall short. You can have confidence that you belong in His holy presence and that He wants you there. Now, what's the practical application of this? I think this idea of confidence before the Lord can greatly enhance our prayer lives. Because when we understand this, we can learn to be open and honest before the Lord. If you understand you're secure in your relationship with God through Christ, then when you pray, you can really pray. And by that I mean, be real, be honest, be transparent. If you've blown it, Come clean before God and say, God, I've blown it. Repent of your sin and accept His cleansing. If you don't feel like praying, tell God, I don't feel like praying. And then ask Him for His help to pray. If you're angry at someone, be honest about it and ask God for strength to forgive If you are gripped by fear, admit you are fearful. If you are filled with anxiety, be transparent and share it with God. And then lay your anxiety, lay your fears before Him. If you're confused about life or your circumstances, tell God I'm confused. I don't understand. If you're hurting, tell God you are hurting be honest, transparent before God because you can have confidence you belong to Him. And by the way, you do understand when it comes to prayer, God knows it all anyway. So if you're holding something back, it's not like God doesn't know what you're holding back. Right? If you're not being honest, it's not like God doesn't know you're, you're, you're withholding something. He knows everything. So you might as well just come clean and talk to God about what's going on in your life. Listen to me. It is is therapeutic for your ears to hear your mouth be honest before God. There's something spiritually healthy about that. Maybe that's why Jesus told us when we pray that we need to go into an inner room and shut the door behind us. Where no one else is listening except for God. Because we go into that inner room and talk to God. We can be honest and real and transparent. And as you're real before God, you'll know in your heart that you are accepted by God. You can have that confidence and you'll experience a new joy and a new freedom in prayer. I believe a lot of times we don't feel freedom in prayer. And our, and our prayer life is, is stagnant because we're not really talking to God. We're being perfunctory. We're going through the motions. We're being religious. We're repeating the same words over and over. And this verse says, you can have confidence before God. You can really talk to Him. You can really pray. One of the old Puritans used to say, pray until you start praying. In other words, there's a type of prayer that you're just going through the motions, but stay at it. And keep talking to God until you get to that place where you're really talking to God. It's good for your heart. It's good for your soul. That's how God designed prayer to minister to you, to heal you as you come and talk to him about what's going on in your life. Listen to what it says in Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence, there it is again, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In Christ we have an audience with God. In Christ we have acceptance by God, but third and last, in Christ we have an advocate with God. Notice how he starts the verse, in whom, which is again a reference to Christ Jesus our Lord at the end of verse 11. Then he ends the verse, through our faith in him. Again, speaking of Christ. So the verse begins and ends with Jesus. And and, and Jesus... Serves as the bookends to this verse that's all about prayer. And here's what that means. We cannot have this audience, we cannot have this acceptance to God, with God, apart from Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus said it like this in John fourteen six: I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way to have a relationship with God. Because your sin separates you from a holy God. And the only way you can come into his presence is to have that sin washed away. That's why Jesus died. He took your sin and shame on himself. He shed his blood And died for your sin, took the punishment that you deserve. So when you embrace him as Lord and Savior, his shed blood is applied to your life. We sang thank you for the blood this morning. His shed blood is applied to your life and your sins are washed away. Now there's no impurity between you and God. You can come directly into his presence. Why? You have an advocate. Jesus died for you. And Jesus is your high priest we're going to enjoy a relationship with God, our sins have to be forgiven. And they're only forgiven in Christ. We have access to God there in your notes. Only through this faith in Jesus. Because He's the only one who took the punishment our sin deserves. He's the only one who can wash the impurity away and, 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 and bring you into a relationship with God. Somebody asked the question, well, why can't I come to the one true God through Muhammad? Or why can't I come to the one true God through Buddha or Krishna or Vishnu? Why can't I find another pathway to God? Why can't I find someone else to come to God through? Because it's only Jesus who died for your sins and paid the debt that you owe So, you can be forgiven and reconciled to God. Only Christ. He's the only way to be saved. He's the only way to God. And when you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, He becomes your advocate. Over in 1 John 1, uh, 1, or sorry, 1 John 2, 1 and 2, the Bible says that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, our Lord. By the way, D. Martin Lloyd Jones says it. The only way of going with assurance into the presence of God is to know that the Son of God has borne my sins and their guilt and their punishment in His own body on the tree. It is only when I know that God has taken my sin and guilt away that He Himself has clothed me with the righteousness of His own Son and that as I stand before Him, He does not see my filthy rags but the perfect robe of righteousness wrought from me by Jesus Christ that I can go with boldness to God. It is God's Son. Listen, it is God's Son who has prepared that robe. It is He who has given it to me. So I I know that I am accepted. There is no other way. So remember, when you come to God to pray, you only have an audience. You're only accepted in Christ. He's the only way. That's why Jesus taught us to pray in his name, in Jesus' name. Because when we pray in Jesus' name, we are recognizing that we don't come to God based upon our own merit, but based upon another, our advocate, Jesus Christ. Well, we're commanded to pray in the name of Jesus. We're recognizing that Jesus is the only way to be saved. Praying, listen, praying in Jesus' name is not some magic incantation. It's not just something that Christians do just because they're supposed to do it. Praying in Jesus' name is a, is a recognition that the extraordinary privilege of prayer is made available to us all because of Jesus. When I come before God, In prayer, I don't come saying, God, I'm worthy. I don't come to God saying, I'm righteous, hear me out, God. I come to God based upon the merits of another. I come to God based upon Christ who died for me and who lived a perfect life and gave me his perfection as a gift. A perfect standing before God. Recently, I was at a meeting... And I was asked to pray for those there in the meeting before we ate a meal. And I was asked to pray without mentioning the name of Jesus. In fact, when, it was, when that was shared with me, I needed to clarify. I said, did I, did I just hear what you said correctly? And there are people there from different backgrounds and... and uh, the person that asked me to pray did not think it was appropriate to pray in the name of Jesus. So I just said, and, I, and this, I'm not trying to be heroic. or, I just, I just said, well, someone else needs to pray. I only pray in the name of Jesus. It's a non-negotiable for me. And Again, not because I'm, not because I'm trying to be some you know, hero or, or trying to be rude or abrasive to others, other faiths, other belief systems. Jesus is my everything. I don't even, I can't even fathom thinking about talking to God apart from what Christ has done for me. For me, praying in Jesus' name is not some magic incantation or something I do because, you know, I'm a Baptist or a Protestant or whatever. I pray in Jesus name because he is my advocate with the Father. I can only come into his presence because of him. So I just tell you this. If you ask me to pray for something, I'm going to pray in Jesus name. And and if that doesn't work out, then you know, you might need to find somebody else to pray. Because Jesus is my all in all. And he's your all in all if you're a believer in Christ. So pray in Jesus' name. You're reminding yourself what the privilege of prayer is all about and why you have that privilege. Pray in the name of Jesus. That is the practical application. So before we go to the next section of Ephesians 3, I wanted to just slow down for a moment and think about verse 12. Because I believe that verse 12 is one of the most incredible verses in the Bible about prayer. And I pray that God will use it, not just this morning, but in our lives in the coming days. To help us to understand more fully what prayer is all about.